Podcasting from the heart of Jacksonville, Florida. Florida. It's Keb Keb Unfiltered. A podcast about truth, justice, and what's going to offend the maximum amount of people with the minimum amount of effort. You know, the American way. That's the American way. Parental discretion is heavily advised. Your parents might learn something. Now, here's your host, The Cab. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the program. Uh, Glad that you could be with us uh, this evening. We were going to do an entire show this, uh, this week on how fucking sad the Jacksonville Jaguars performed the past two games. We are standing beside ourselves. We can't understand it. When I say we, I mean myself, the Keb, and Brad Harvin, friend of the program, sports guru. We could not... We're speechless. It's either the coaching staff doesn't give a fuck... The players don't give a fuck. The owner certainly doesn't give a fuck. Whatever. But in discussing this, we've talked about this before. We've gone over this at length, Brad and I. And it really came to fruition on July 18th. We we're on a local radio station here in Jacksonville and it was their dream day they let the fans take over the entire day on the radio station and Brad and I had two hours from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. to discuss this and we discussed some issues that is very coming to light now for the Jacksonville Jaguars and I don't understand how anybody else couldn't have seen it. So what we're going to do this week, going to be a lengthy podcast. I hope you listen to it. We are going to rebroadcast that day. And you can listen to when we talk about some things that have actually come true. You know, and a lot on Brad's part because he's the genius on this, you know, I'm, I, I just spout what I think, but we, we are so beside ourselves and so tired of fucking losing and losing in spectacular fashion that we can't put our heads around it, but we told everybody for two hours, we told everybody that it was coming. And it has come. It has come to fruition. The Jaguars, I I wouldn't be surprised if they fucking lose out. Yeah, I can't even see straight. I'm so disgusted with them. You know, they put full, I'm not even pissed that they put Foles in. You know, of course, you're going to go back to a $88 million Super Bowl MVP. Anybody who thought that they weren't going back to Nick Foles is a fucking idiot. A fucking idiot. 
Gardner Minshew is a rookie. Yes, he played well. Yes, he went 4-4. Four and four. We're coming to go time in the season. Nick Foles has go time experience. You stick with him. What I'm pissed about is the nine rushing attempts. What I'm pissed about is a quote-unquote elite defense sucking. Fucking sucking. That's what I'm pissed about. Anyhow, we're going to replay this. Please listen closely. And it's very, very, very interesting of how close we have come. If you have any comments, questions, otherwise, the email is keblivescomedy at gmail.com. The Twitter is keblives, K-E-B-L-I-V-E-S. And it's going to be a little commercial break here, and we'll get the dream day from July 18th, 2019 on, I think it was 93.7 FM here locally in Jacksonville. Jaguar fans, listen to how close we came about a lot of things. Not just Jaguars, but college football too. Keep it in mind that this was in July. So a little commercial break and we'll get on with Dream Day. Like Guns N' Roses? Whether you're a diehard who loves Chinese democracy or Paradise City is just your favorite karaoke song, Appetite for Distortion. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Dream Day is on the air. 12 hours, 12 different hosts. An entire day hosted by you, the sports fans of Northeast Florida. Your teams, your subjects. It's your show. And now, your Dream Day host, Brad Harvin. Here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930. Jacksonville Sports Leader. Yes, everybody. This is Brad Harvin. Thanks for joining us on Dream Day today. I'm going to be taking you through, taking you home during the 4 o'clock hour, I have my co-host here, the Keb. What's up, Jacksonville? Yes, yes. And just a little bit about us. Um, we're both Jacksonville natives, uh, and we're uh, we're some pretty good friends, uh, kind of going back in the day. Uh, this this opportunity is really, really, truly 25 years in the making. Uh, l- let me explain a little bit. So back, back in high school, when everybody else was out probably doing some crazy tomfoolery or whatever whatever they were doing. Keb and I, we were uh, recording songs over dubbed tracks. We were making videos um, in the woods or wherever, um, just kind of music videos. And uh, it kind of actually uh, spilled on uh, into the college scene, right? It did. Yeah, yeah. And it It's funny how those you know, songs never got really picked up by a big label. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you gotta gotta spend money to make money, and you uh, when, when you're 17, you don't have that kind of money. So, uh, as I was saying, we were going uh, as we went into college. Uh, we got on the microphones on at uh, Lillian's down in Gainesville uh, for uh, karaoke night. That's a that probably began my uh, every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, and that probably began my you know just love for being on the stage and just. And just having a mic in my hand, uh, Kev, Kev, I can't remember what was your what was your big hit back then. Appreciate that. Appreciate oh, that. No it was uh, it was uh, um, just a gigolo, the David Lee Roth. Just version. a gigolo. That, that was back by then. the Keb. Yes, yes, that's right. And uh, one of our um, uh, group ones, of course, was Love Shack. Everybody loves that. So, uh, so just 
like I said, this is uh, really just 25 years in the making. Started off uh, doing doing songs and recordings and karaoke, and now here we are with a microphone in our in our face, uh, ready to talk some sports. I'd hate to leave out the fact that we're both products of Wolfson High School. Wolfpack, P R I D E Pride. Yeah. That's right. Maybe, maybe I should have left that out. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. But question for you. Sure. Um, yeah. Shoot. Thinking of this. While we're while we're taking this trip down memory lane, absolutely. You know what? What do you want to be when you grow up, man? Oh, cab. Uh, wow. Uh, let's see. I mean, the truth is, I went to uh, University of Florida, not really having a clue what I wanted to do, and I don't recommend that to uh, our young listeners out there. Try and have a, at least some kind of direction where you you know what you want to do. But I went to uh, University of Florida and, and you know did my time there, but really, quite possibly from the age of twenty to maybe 30, 33, 34, I wanted to be a major league bullpen catcher. A catcher. Yeah, that's right. In the bullpen. Absolutely. So, I mean, I grew, I grew up uh, playing, playing baseball, loving, loving for, every for minute of team? it. For what team? Pardon? For what team? It didn't matter. I, okay. I have baseball in my blood. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. I, lo- I love the game. I love the little idiosyncrasies, the, the hit and run, the bunts. I, lo- I love it all. Uh, so, growing up, I was – you know, I wasn't the best baseball player. Maybe I had a little trouble with the curveball. And um, when they put me on the mound, I they had to— They made a movie called that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Trouble with the Curve, I know. And, and it was about the Braves. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. And maybe maybe when they threw me on the mound, I wasn't the best pitcher. I had a, had two pitches. I had an overhand fastball, and I had a sidearm fastball. That's It's coming at you. But, I, but you know, just never really, never really, you know, took away my love of the game. So, yes, a bullpen catcher. Okay. Uh, you get the best of, of everything. You get to hang out with all the all the players every day. You get to shag some flies. You get to catch some of the best players in the major leagues. You get to eat hot dogs with fans. Give autographs that they don't know that they don't know that your autograph isn't famous. And you get to travel around. I mean, just a all in all a great opportunity. Get a game worn jersey. You know, uh, wonder do you get to drink beer? No. Um, I mean, I think that's optional up in Milwaukee. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Perhaps I think, uh, in St. Louis as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know. So, so the kind of reason I uh, bring that up is, uh, you know, leading up to this day, which I got to admit, when when somebody told me that Dream Day was happening, uh, and I didn't, I didn't really even look at the calendar. Uh, just, I just figured, oh, they're gonna put us on that. That day after the All-Star game when there's no major sports going on, there's no baseball, there's no hockey, anything like that. But but I really looked at it as, as an opportunity, just a, a chance to get out of the bullpen and, and get, in, get, uh, get on the stage. So I just uh, really appreciate the opportunity here at 97.3 today uh, for the Dream Day and just kind of want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, what we got going on this, uh, this hour. Uh, we're going to be uh, – we're going to be breaking down – the teams in the AFC South, uh, not just the Jaguars. You hear enough about that. You know about their players. You know about, uh, you know, possibly their schedule. But uh, we, I want to break down the other teams in the in the AFC, uh, AFC South. Also, uh, going to talk a little bit about the Jags and uh, some of our our concerns heading into the year. And uh, we're also going to have a, a special caller later on. Uh, I'll just uh, leave that as a surprise. Cool. And if you want to be part of the program, uh, we're at 448-0930, and that's 97.3 the game. That's 448-0930. Um, we're pretty active on Twitter, you know, yeah, and you, you can catch me. I'm at Keb Lives. That's K-E-B-L-I-V-E-S. 
And uh, your Twitter handle, Brian? Sure. My uh, Twitter handle is at the rundown underscore BH. Uh, now that now you don't spell out underscore, you just use the little little symbol. That that's, would be funny. Good. Now now we got a bunch of people going know, to get handles I I don't know right now that are going to spell out underscore. Exactly. I mean, you know, you can lead a horse to water, right? Sure, sure. Well, that's we, what we're trying to do. What we want to let people know there's we got a Twitter poll going on, and um, you know the Jaguars have an all twenty five team. And the last one, and I haven't checked it in the last five minutes because I've been talking to you, but the last one that I saw out was yesterday was Donovan Darius. You know, right. do you agree he's the 16th best Jaguar ever? I, th- I, th- I mean, I think so. I mean, he could probably be a little higher, so I'm definitely interested to see uh, what the rest of the list has. Okay, and I and we are in agreement or ag- agreement. Agreeance, is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll make it. It is one. today. Right. It is today. So we're in agreeance that Tony Baselli is going to be number one or should be number one. Yeah. B- Big Bo should be number one here. No, yeah. Number 71 in your program, number one in your heart. Okay. Duval. In your opinion, who's number two? In my opinion, I think it, I think it has to be Fred Taylor. Just everything that he uh, provided for this, for this franchise on the ground, uh, leading him in rushing all those years uh, and really doing it out of, uh, out of, you know, just pure obscurity throughout the entire league. Cause uh, the Jaguars weren't ever really on the map. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I would lean towards, towards Taylor in that sense. Probably might have to do a little bit with my Gator bias, but we'll, we'll let that slide. I was just about to bring that up because people out there, you already said that you're a graduate of the university of Florida and some people may bring up, well, you know, Fred Taylor's, you know, a Gator. Well, I, I gotta admit, in my younger days, I was a lot, I was a lot more thin. And when they uh, drafted Taylor, I did a backflip. Sure, did a backflip. Sure, and, and and make no mistake, Fred Taylor is a great Jaguar. You know, hey, I'm a Gator fan. Right. Fred Taylor is a great Jaguar. Some would say, however, that number two on that list needs to be Mark Purdell. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, but but uh, how I would argue that is. Really, just the the talent that Brunel had had around him. I mean, uh, what made Brunel so great? Was it the offensive line, of course, led by Baselli and Cersei, and the the great running game with with Fred Taylor? Not to mention just the the receivers on the outside. But yeah, I mean, Mark Brunel, of course, uh, also huge, had Kyle Brady. Huge deal, yeah, Kyle Brady as well. Uh, definitely a, an important member of the team, but I, I still. I mean, this is me personally. I mean, it's a we're we're in the trust tree. I'm, I'm you know, I'm I'm <laughs> saying what a what I feel. I, I would still uh, lean towards uh, Taylor. I mean, d- did you have a, a thought on that or? Um, some would argue as well, and and I would love to hear you know any callers on this one because people are going to think I'm nuts. But some could argue that Jimmy Smith has a place at number two. Yeah. But should a wideout be that high? Some of the some of the stats that uh, Jimmy put up over the years, he 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 could definitely be in the argument with those three. I don't see why not. I mean, uh, what about his off the field stuff? Off the field stuff. I mean, well, I don't know. What is the Twitter poll about? Is it about the on the field stuff or is it off the, off the field? It's the on the field. The, okay. the the Jaguars all twenty five team. Our Twitter poll is brought to you by Skyline Windows and Doors uh, for all your windows and doors needs. Call Skyline Windows and Doors. Um, but it's about the all 25. It's at Keb lives, K E B L I V E S. Uh, it's the pin tweet. So it's the first one on there. Um, we'll check it during the break. 
um, here in a few minutes to see if anybody is actually getting on there. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. You know, but again, the number is 448-0930. The thing, back to Jimmy Smith here for a second. Did you ever see that 30 for 30 with him and, uh, or is the NFL Network with him and and Keenan McCardle, the Thunder and Lightning? I, I, unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, it was it was almost to the take that one couldn't have been good without the other, you know. And I think if not for the off the field stuff, Jimmy Smith might be a serious contender for the Hall of Fame. I could understand that. I mean, uh, definitely, I think McCardell and Smith certainly fed off each other. I mean, Smith came from Dallas, uh, really, really just kind of. On, on the uh, on the roster in Dallas for the Cowboys, not really making a making an impact, uh, and he came here and just yeah the duo with with McCardell and of course with uh with the lefty in the pocket throwing to him he he put up some incredible numbers and yeah I, I can definitely agree some of the off off the field stuff uh, was was you know can be a strike against him but you know we can forgive and. And uh, and move on. And the the question also begs: Where does McCardle fit into there? Certainly, probably the top ten. I I would think. Here's a great question about the all twenty five. What we haven't seen yet: Where does Puzlesny fall in there? Or does he? I th- in the I don't know in the top fifteen right now. I I don't think you're going to see his name personally. But I, I think, if anything, he's probably on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you could put a ranking on on his leadership and the way that um, that he mentored some of the other other uh, linebackers during his time here, I, I think he could definitely be considered for for the top twenty five. Cool. We, we could talk about the AFC on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll uh, talk about we'll break down the AFC South. Once again, I'm Brad Harvin, and you're listening to Dream Day right here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Brad Harvin, here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. All right, we're back. It's a jam right there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to give a uh, quick thank you to all the friends and family and supporters and and all the new listeners joining us today on this uh, steamy day in the bold city. It is hot. It is. It's hot outside. It's yeah. hot. What's going on with the Twitter poll, Kevin? Apparently I wasn't clear. Uh-oh. Okay. Lay the so hammer. we've got a uh we got a Twitter poll out there brought to you by Skyline Windows and Doors. Um, out there who is going to be number 2 on the Jaguars? All 25. Do you know how many votes we have right now? Or how many uh, participants we have? 0. 0. 0.0. 0.0. Right. Can't get lower Okay, guys. That. That's okay. You're probably out driving. It's going to be up for a while, so uh, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Now, and... that's not saying use your phone while you're in the car. Oh, absolutely not. Because yeah, I hear I mean, that's a big no-no yeah, as of July no-no 1st. At, that's correct. And you know, not that, it was, not that you should have done it before then. But then that's not what I'm saying. Absolutely. What I'm saying is... Pull over. <laughs> there you go. Get yourself a Coca-Cola or something like that. There you go. You know, and get on the Twitter poll. That's all I'm saying. That's absolutely. Pull over. Right now, you're probably on JTB. You're stopped anyway. Just pull over to the right. Get yeah. off on Kernan or Hodges or wherever. Yeah, and give us you a know? look on uh, on Twitter there. And, uh, and give, give a shout out to the people sitting on on uh, the Buckman Bridge right now trying to get over into Orange Park. Bless your heart, guys. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so we're, we're going to kind of break down the AFC South. So we're going to talk about the other teams. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're not really going to dive into the Jaguars. You guys have heard enough about that. Uh, I mean, very exciting. Uh, the training camp is, uh, is a week, week away. And if you haven't uh, heard, I believe it's a, you had the opportunity. The public has the opportunity to go to a few of the practices. I think it's like uh, really seven of them, which is a uh, kind of a, uh, unusual. I think you got to go online, but I'm not going to I'm not going to promote that here. I'm going to take a little time and we're going to break down the ASC South. Why? Because the reason because out of the total of the games, you only have 16 games. Jaguars only have 16 games. 6 of the games are against these three opponents. Mm-hmm. I mean, in order to win the division and get into the playoffs, you have to beat them. You have to beat them. I mean, it's plain and simple. So, I mean, we're talking 37% of your games are against these opponents. So we're, we're going to kind of break it down a little bit here. And we're going to start off with everybody's nemesis here in Jacksonville, the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still mad at Jeff Fisher. Why is that? Because, that? because he said that uh, we were a home field for them. Well, he wasn't wrong, Kevin. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't wrong. wrong, Kev. All right. So uh, Tennessee Titans – what, what do they have to offer this year? Well, besides taking taking the Jaguars to the woodshed last year and taking care of business, they have coming back pretty much a, a lot of the same team. Now, they, they added a, a couple new faces. Uh, the There's a huge, huge um, year for Marcus Mariota, uh, who is really in a contract year, I guess. Uh, but to bring... To bring in Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins to challenge for the position, I think that says a lot. And recently I, I tweeted out a, a poll as well, uh, trying to figure out when people thought that uh, Tannehill was going to take over in Tennessee. Was it going to be after week four or was it going to be between weeks eight and ten? And a surprising number was by week four. That's, a, that's how much faith a lot of people have in uh, Mariota as, as he enters his, uh, what, fifth year, I believe? Well, he is prone to being hurt. He is. He yeah, is, he absolutely. is prone to being hurt. He's the last quarterback that I saw that threw a touchdown pass to himself. There you go. You know, he does. Um, he does have that on his resume. That's correct. Yeah, he's incredibly lucky. You know, uh, but I, I, don't, I just don't think that he's going to last the eight weeks. Yeah, I, I really don't. I think Tannehill's in there, and I think the reason they went and got Tannehill was because he's so injury-prone. Sure. They need a serviceable quarterback, and who they have, Zach Mettenberger? Uh, I, I don't you know, know if he's still there or not. You know, I, yeah. I think they had Blaine Gabbard yep. last year. They and um, Blaine Gabbard started. The Jaguars. Yeah, he started a couple yes. games, right? Yep. So um, he's very injury-prone. Right. You know, he's not – you know, you can't rely on him. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so. And I, I, as far as the rest of the offense goes, I mean, nice, solid offensive line. Uh some question marks on the outside. Uh, Davis uh, has been talked about every single preseason. Corey Davis that he's going to come out and and do amazing things. Uh, very impressive uh, physically, but uh, statistically hasn't really hasn't really happened. Is it probably because of the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, it probably is. But also Jacksonville's own or Yuli's own uh, Derrick Henry looks like he is primed to uh, take the lead back role and not really – it sounds like they're not going to be splitting carries between him and Lewis this year. I, I'll believe that when I see it because uh, Lewis is definitely a 
you know, going to be a capable uh, back. But uh, that dude's going to get paid. Yeah, but Henry, Henry, last year, of course, uh, on public television, uh, destroyed the Jaguars single-handedly in Nashville. Uh, so he, the big man, the big man from Uli, uh, he definitely has the tools to to do this. But I just don't think there's enough of the offense around around Henry to really have the Titans make a dent this year. What threat do they have at receiver? Uh, there, there's not much. Uh, I mean, they brought in they brought in a uh, little guy Humphreys from Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a nice little uh, slot receiver uh, that that could probably probably help out, especially like in the third downs. I mean, uh, I kind of equate him with a with an Edelman or a Welker, um, possibly poor man's version of that, but. But on the other end of Edelman and Welker was Tom Brady. It was not Marcus Mariota. So, lots of concerns for the Titans. I, I would be surprised if they uh, hit 500 this year and finish eight and eight. I'm I'm looking for them around the seven and nine area. I'm looking for them to go two and fourteen. And there you have it. There's a hot take from the Keb on the <laughs> Titans. Um, but with that with that being said, the Jaguars need that third game of the year. It's a Thursday night here in town. They need to get one on the Titans. It's 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 time. What do you think we always play the Titans on Thursday night or on Sunday night? Uh, I, I would think the Thursday nights is um, somebody's got to play Thursday. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's not it's not a quote unquote sexy game by any means. Uh, but if, if the two teams if they come together, I mean it, it, if they play up to their potential, it can be a hard nosed physical matchup that. Uh, that can be enjoyable for others to view. I imagine. I mean, I'm not. I don't have the ratings here in front of me, but uh, I can only imagine a Jaguars Titans game on a Thursday night is probably bottom of the barrel when it comes to the ratings. I, I think if you're living in Portland, Oregon, you know, and you're like, great, right. I get to watch Jacksonville play Tennessee. Sure. I'd rather watch Oakland play the Jets right. or or Oakland play Cleveland. Sure, you know. Sure, but but down here. You know where where it means it's certainly in the AFC South, and I bet you people in Indy and in Houston are pretty interested, you know, as well because it's a it's a uh, division game. Division game, sure. Yeah. So, uh, but I I just don't think it's it's very the term you use is sexy right. um, as you know Broncos versus Chiefs. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, moving on uh, to our friends uh, to the West, the uh, Houston Texans. And recently I had to uh, write an article for uh, Last Word on Sports, uh, really kind of focusing on the Houston Texans and the three wh- who who I believe are the three faces of the franchise. And, of course, it was really a no-brainer, but what, what kind of came about from that, uh, doing some research, um, the, the no-brainer part, of course, being J.J. Watt, everything that he's done up to this point on a field – not to mention what he's done off the field, of course, winning the uh, Walter Payton Award after his uh, contributions with the uh, Hurricane Harvey relief. But uh, then, of course, uh, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So what stood out to me doing that research is DeAndre Hopkins. Do you guys realize that DeAndre Hopkins is only 27 years old? That's right, 27 years old. How, that, how, how old is he? 27. That's a shout out to the entire AFC South. That guy's not going anywhere, and he's not he's not decreasing his ability or anything for at least the next five years. I mean, the guy just got the 99 rating on the 
on the Madden game and was the only offensive player to receive that rating. What happens if he goes down? There's got to be lots of questions. Uh, they they have Will Fuller, uh, Kiki Kute, and it's um, – yeah, I mean, they, they've tried to replace that spot a lot, and uh, they're, they're, they're going to – they're going to struggle doing that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and come back, and uh, we'll uh, finish up with the Colts. And just a reminder this, that I'm Brad Harvin, and you are listening to Dream Day right here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Brad Harvin, here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. Yes, and we're back here on the Dream Day. We're going to wrap up. Uh, this is another good one. What's that? This jam's another good yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. We're, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with the Texans here. Uh, Kev, Kev was uh, asking me about uh, some of the receivers uh, once again, I, I, I don't. I'm not confident. I don't know how they can be confident with some of the receivers on the other side. I mean, even Deshaun Watson. Now they they don't have a a go to tight end uh, like a Kelsey or a Ertz that um, that Wentz and Mahomes have to deal with. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if Hopkins has got to be the the most important player on that team, and and if he can get shut down or you know, God forbid, if there's any kind of injury, they're, they're going to be in trouble in, in Houston. Well, you got to. We learned the hard way that if, if you have you know a, a good receiver and they shut them down, you got to have somebody else you know there to you know. So if if Ramsey or and or Boye can can shut him down, double team him, whatever, um, like they've been so effective doing in the past, not last year, right. but the year before, very effective. Um, well, you know, Texans might be in trouble. I agree. And uh, with Lamar Miller running the ball, he's kind of wishy-washy. Uh, I was very surprised at d- doing my research. I saw he uh, ended up uh, like a top 12 running back. Uh, kind of kind of blew me away. So I'm not, I'm not expecting much out of the Texans. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see the Texans or Titans uh, making the playoffs this year. Let me uh, let me be clear about something because I know somebody's out there in their car right now and they're like, Kev is a Jacksonville homer. He's just trying to make it sound like Jacksonville's got a chance. Mm-hmm. Trust me, that's not what I'm saying. We'll get to the Jaguars. We will. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that these teams that people on Sports Center, Fox Sports, whatever, they like to talk about, hey, they're going to run away with the division. My point is that's not the case. I, it's a tighter race than people might think. Completely agree. This this division is it, it, it's up for grabs. I don't care what what the talking heads around sports are saying, and, and that kind of leads us into the Indianapolis Colts. Seems like everybody's darling uh, the revival of the Colts since uh, Andrew Luck came back. I I I don't see it. I, uh, I I just do not see it. I mean, they they had a special special year last year. Uh, started off bad, went on a little went on a little run, even won a playoff game. I just don't see it. What 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 sticks out to me when it comes to the Colts is they have not scored one point against the Jaguars in the last six quarters. And, not one. And to your point, because I was at the Colts Jags game here, riveting game, awesome, six nothing. <laughs> 
Cody Kessler led. Exactly. Jacksonville Jaguar team. Now it's a testament to the defense, and we'll get to that. Absolutely. Right? But there are other good defenses, and the Colts don't have that easy of a schedule. I agree. I agree. They, they, they. Uh, I guess they adopted the uh, second place schedule here. Uh, they, they, they have some tough, tough games coming up. But as far as talent wise, take. I mean, as far as what the general manager has done there with, with building talent around or in really in front of Andrew Luck, their prized possession, who, uh, who came back kind of surprising last year. I mean, hats off, you know, great job with uh, getting the Quentin Nelson and, and getting the other uh, linemen there. And But as far as the weapons, I, I just don't see it. A T.Y. Hilton is is aging. I think he's uh, he's on the decline. Uh, now, a player that could be interesting is uh, the Ohio State uh, receiver, I believe, uh, Paris Campbell uh, went up there. I kind of thought that possibly the Jaguars were going to steal him in the draft, but uh, he could be an interesting one. He's got, got some wheels, but I, I'm just not – I'm not feeling the love – uh, that that the national media is given given the Colts at all. I think one of the most difficult thing to do in all of sports is for an NFL team to win on the road. Sure, the Colts ha- ha- don't uh, do their home opener until week three. Yep, that's a uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely an anomaly of the schedule there. Absolutely. So, could we be so fortunate as for the Colts to be zero and two going mean, into week three? Who, who knows? Who knows what what I would like to see is that final game here in Jacksonville against the Colts mean something really for both teams i I, and how how exciting would that be that would be awesome on the holiday weekend that that would be awesome my point to all this is that i think the colts and texans cancel each other out sure i think Mariota. there's a reason the titans got Tannehill. right there is a big reason why they got Tannehill. not that he's you know great or anything like that but there's also a problem and i have a point here just bear with me go for it and there's also a problem that we know who the backup quarterback is for the Titans. Right. Okay. Who's call, who's Luck's backup quarterback? Can you name him right off the top of your head? Is no. he a household name? No. But Ryan Tannehill is. Right. Right? Because he was a starter for the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. Who's Deshaun Watson's backup? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Right now, who's Nick Foles' backup? The, the mustache. Minchu. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I only and, know that because I live here. Right, and we know that because we're here. My point is, back in the day with the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, you don't know their backups either. So Luck and 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 Watson, they're they're expected to last the whole the whole uh, year. Yeah. But Deshaun Watson, or I'm not, I'm sorry, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill sitting there. So it's either going to make him play good in a contract year. Right? Do they pick up his fifth year option yet? I, I'm not sure. Okay, whatever. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's so. I thought he's lasted longer than I thought he would. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I so, mean, I, so he's yeah. either going to play for a contract, right? Mm-hmm. Or Tannehill's going to start. They're going to draft a quarterback. And Tannehill's going to yep. get him through. In a in a in a quarterback heavy draft coming up. So very heavy. So uh, yeah. So so there we have kind of breaking down the uh, my thoughts on the AFC South, where basically. Cliff note version of this entire segment, the entire division is up for grabs. Let's be honest. From the Colts to the Jaguars, everywhere in between, it's up for grabs. And whoever can come out on top on those six games is going to have a clear path to the title. And with that, it could it could be a nine-win season get you into the playoffs here in the AFC South. 
So moving on to the Jaguars real quick, I want to kind of talk about uh, some concerns that we have. My my biggest concern, and it's, it's going to probably upset some people driving around. Just keep, keep it in the lane. Don't 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 swerve too much. Anything like that. I am not sold at all on the defense. I have major concerns with the defense. I, I do specifically what uh, specifically everything but the corners. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the other nine people. The other nine people on the field. Uh, I know that we have all pros and uh, pro bowlers at at certain positions, but the linebacker really really concerns me. the The loss of Telvin Smith and and are, are we going to insert a rookie in there? When which which rookie is it going to be? Uh, just the that inexperience with the linebacker and let, let's face it, Miles Jack is still learning the position. Sure, I'm sorry, Miles Jack, but but you're still learning the position. Uh, and then on the back end, you have Harrison and Wilson as the safeties. Now, every, everything I read talks about how great Harrison looks and uh, that he has the look of a of a pro. But I mean, he's really only has maybe ten games under his belt because he uh, he had an injury at the end of the year. Uh, Wilson's got Wilson's got some mop up duty. Uh, he's he's a spot player, but but they're young. I mean, last year you had Gibson, you had Church back there. Uh, what they couldn't bring physically, they could bring mentally and and be prepared and get the guys in the right situation. Uh, I know, I know that you have a concern with with the front. Well, front four. Let me ask you this. Sure. Okay, so we drafted Josh Allen. Yes. Yes, we did. Okay, defensive line, right? Correct. Or, or I, they might be calling him a linebacker, right? But he's brought in to rush the quarterback, right? Correct. Uh, Marcel, Marcel Darius. Yep. He plays run on, stopper. He plays yep. on the line, right? Correct. Clay's Campbell. Correct. Okay, unique in Gakwe if we get him a new contract. Sure. I'm sure I don't think that he's gonna hold out. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna play new contract. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting, uh, the development over the next couple of weeks, sure. Sure. But so those are for now, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year with a pick in the late first round, but are we in agreement? Say, if you're drafted anywhere in the first round, you are expected to play. I, I would think so. Yeah, anywhere in the first round, be, uh, whether you're picked one or or yep. twenty-eight, right? Yeah, you know, you're expected to play. Right. So we drafted this guy at the University of Florida named Taven Bryant, the Wyoming Wild Man. Right. That is correct. Yeah. Right. So we um, we we drafted him out there. Where's he going to play? Uh, he he's fighting for for a position with a uh, with a uh, with Avery Jones. Maybe, that's my point. Exactly, that's my point. But but with those guys, where was the pass rush last year? Are we going to miss Malik Jackson? Sure, he he declined during the year, but he's once again the experience and everything. So I mean, just just some concerns to think about. Don't listen to everybody tell you how great the defense is going to be. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on it. I'm. I'm just not, Kevin. Neither am I. All right. All right. Well, we're up against it. Uh, Just a reminder: when we come back, we're going to have a special caller. And I'm Brad Harvin, and you're listening to Dream Day right here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville's sports leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Brad Harvin, here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville's sports leader. All right, everybody, we're back here on Dream Day, and we're going to – 
finish uh, talking a little bit about the uh, defense and uh, some of the concerns here. We're uh, having some uh, trouble getting uh, getting our caller taken care of. So as far so before we left, uh, there was uh, definitely some current concerns with the pass rush. Keb, what is uh? Why do my question is why don't we lead the NFL in sacks? That's a good question. I mean, last year, uh, five and eleven with a very stagnant offense to say the least. I mean, I think I'm probably being pretty generous calling it stagnant at times, but you, you got to kind of think of how how the football football works. Um, I mean, you know, what changed so drastically between seventeen and eighteen? 2017-2000. They weren't playing with the lead. Okay. They weren't playing with the lead. They weren't able to uh, pin their ears back and get after the quarterback like they did that first game in uh, Houston in 2017 when we broke their hearts, uh, or or any or any other two times uh, in Pittsburgh. That's so. The uh, plan is the plan. Let's take it to 19 now. Sure. So the plan is to bring Foles, Fournette, and company. Right. Get the lead. Absolutely. Shut them down, run the ball, play defense, make them have to throw the ball against our secondary. Yeah, I think that's going to be the uh, the plan. Uh, going from really uh, bottom of the league, did you know the Jaguars averaged only 19 first downs a game? That was uh, just pretty, pretty good. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And I was being j- sarcastic. Just, I understand. Okay. And just the, the fact that uh, they couldn't – couldn't continue drives. They were there were three and outs. Uh, the defense was was put in a lot of bad bad situations. Uh, to be honest, I mean, so it's I'm not completely blaming the defense for that. I mean, they still finished top five, but my concern is some of the parts that have left and and some of the parts that are still question marks on the on the defense. So I mean, in order to get back to that 2017 level, yes, I mean it it is it is. It's paramount for the offense to do their job as well to help the defense out. So on the defensive side of the ball, would you say good defense, okay defense, not so good, great defense? Because I know a lot of people that are putting it in that great category. Right. I, I understand. It's not just this. It's not just in this town either. I, I agree. Right. So with the offense, the way because we don't know. We we think that Nick Foles is gonna be better than Blake. It's certainly an upgrade at the quarterback position. Just get some first downs. It's certainly, you know, but did, I mean, over the offseason, did Keelan Cole learn how to catch? It's an excellent question. Yeah, I mean, what Westbrook's there is DJ Chark. What's he going to do, right. you know, other than being a gunner on special teams? And what are what, what are we going to expect out of Marquise Lee? That's a, those, those are all, all good questions leading into the, um, my to the point, training camp. My point is we don't know what this offense – is going to look like. We we re- we think it's going to be better. We think they're going to put up some points because we got we went out and paid a lot of money for a, a Super lot, Bowl MVP quarterback, right? Agreed. Almost to where and, and we went and got Conley from the Chiefs at wide receiver. Yeah, but he's just he's just here surfing right now. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, and he's also co- good at those uh, Star Wars uh, fan films. Yeah, yeah, I wrote I wrote about that. Yeah, yeah I know Star you did. That's Wars why I brought it up. Full press coverage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but my point is, we don't know what the Jaguars' offense is going to look like. So the only way, the only thing that we can look at is last year, five and eleven. You know, what they score about fifteen points a game, Maybe. average. Yeah, average. Yeah. Um, I went to a game that was six to nothing. Right. Okay. So. And that wasn't because of a mixed, missed extra point. I understand. Okay. I understand. Just, just putting that out there. And I, I loved your article on Lambo, by the yeah. way. 
uh, MVP you. of that game. Absolutely. But the only thing that we have to do is go back and look at last year, and if last year's offense, let's just say Blake plays the whole year, but if last year's offense is anything to go by plus Nick Foles, you have to have a great defense to get you not just into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs. Because you get deep into the playoffs in this city, we're both born and raised. Right. This city changes. Absolutely. It really the excitement puts, level goes from here to here. Seats. Absolutely. You know, I mean, this city changes and then the Jaguars can do I mean, when when we beat Pittsburgh in seventeen for the second time that season, sorry, honey, but for the second time that season in the playoffs and we went down to the stadium, it was just like 96 all over again. Absolutely. You know, now 96, it was, it was brand new and, and all that, and there was, you know, no way the, the Jaguars were going to beat the Broncos. Right. But uh, not a lot of people were giving us a shot going into Pittsburgh. A second time. A yeah, second sure. time again. So, so so, to answer your question, you, sorry. you want me – No, no, you're good. You're, you're good. You wanted me to grade them great, good, okay, yeah, or whatever. Can I can I take the D selection and say I, I I don't know I don't know it's a it's a question mark I don't know I don't know what to expect for this team besides solid at the corners I mean the, I mean I can't reiterate the concern at safety the concern at linebackers I'm not sure how they're gonna shuffle the defensive line to get some pressure I mean everything changes on the back end if you get pressure on the quarterback everybody knows that mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's a, it's going to be a wait to see the next few weeks. Uh, what's going to happen uh, come defense? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are, are out and they're they're saying Kev is nuts. There's there is a clear and present upgrade at quarterback, Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is look at the history of Nick Foles. He gets hurt. Yeah, you know, he he's he. When's the last time he played a full season? Yeah, you know he did come in. Two years ago, and he was the man. You know, Super Bowl MVP or three with yeah. weapons around yeah. him. With, 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 with weapons around him. Amazing weapons around him. What's he going to do with Keelan Cole, Didi Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Conley, people like that? He just he, he needs Fernet. to be a leader. Fernet. He needs to be a leader. Uh, uh, and lean on uh, John DiFilippo, the offensive coordinator. I, I think I think he's the wild card here mm-hmm. uh, because of what of his relationship with Foles back in the Philly days, I mean, he was there uh, with, with Super Bowl ring. Uh, he's, got, he's got that relationship with Foles, I think, uh, bringing that style offense. I mean, of course, he's praising everybody that's here, but let, let's be honest. I mean, the guys that you've mentioned, the, the Coles, the Lees, and the uh, you know, Westbrook and Chark, they're, they're, not, they're not Alshon Jeffrey. They're not, they're not Zach Ertz, and they're not uh, – well, I mean, I guess they got Deshaun Jackson now, well, but – I don't mean to be picking on Keenan Cole, but did he not drop a lot last he season? He he did after he had that amazing catch or, against the Patriots. Or are we going to put that on Blake too? No, I I don't I don't think uh, I don't think you can put everything on Blake as as much as uh, a lot of people around here would like to. Right, and I don't think you could put everything on Foles. That just because Foles is here, that now we're going to win the Super Bowl. So so now you want to lean on uh, Lenny in the backfield? No, no. I mean, can no. you trust Lenny? This is no. a big year for Lenny. It is a huge year for Mr. Fournette. Is it? I mean, is is Lenny going to do it? Does Lenny does Lenny want to stay here, or is Lenny going to cry on the cry on the bench again? I I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. You I mean, know, one thing about him is that he didn't really play a lot at LSU either. That is true. You know, so maybe he's 
You know, but they said the same thing about Clowney when Clowney was at South Carolina. He didn't play a lot there and took himself out the senior season. Mm-hmm. But and Clowney kind of ride ride himself now that he's a, a pro. Sure. But Leonard Fournette is mirroring his uh, behavior at LSU. Right. Oh, it's time. It's time for him to get uh, straightened out, and uh, hopefully, the new running backs coach, uh, coach uh, Terry Rubisky. Can get in his ear. He's he's a former Bayou Bengal, in case uh-huh. you didn't know that. And then, of course, he's got his uh, other journeyman, uh, Alfred Blue, backing him up. But uh, I mean, if if D. Filippo, Coach Flip's gonna be able to get the ball into uh, Fournette's hands, uh, you know, in the passing game, I you know I've heard heard some chirping about that. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, some of the games that he actually did play last year, which weren't many. Uh, I, I specifically remember a play up in Indy uh, where he caught a caught a screen pass or a dump pass and, and went for a while. Man, that was quick. That was quick, guys. And I just want to thank everybody for uh, this opportunity here at 97.3 FM. And, you know, just uh, remember, when you see something, don't wait for it. Go run it down. This is Brad. Y'all have a great day. An entire day hosted by you, the sports fans of Northeast Florida. Your teams, your subjects. It's your show. And now, your dream day host, Keb Pound. Here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. What's up, Jacksonville? Keb Pound here uh, for hour number two of the Kevin Brad Show. Yes, yes. Um, we're, uh, we're here with you on 97.3 The Game uh, for Dream Day. It's a. It's been fun for the uh, four o'clock hour. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun uh, helping you guys uh, get home, and we'll, we're going to continue to do it here for the next hour. Shout out everybody to that's uh, sitting in their car in traffic, um, not to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but uh, we're in a nice air conditioned studio. Uh, it is nice. You know, it is nice. And I think it's like ninety seven out there. We're gonna Ooh. get to a lot of stuff today, guys. We're gonna get to the, the British Open's going on in Northern Ireland, and we got some. Uh, I don't want to call it breaking news or- on that, but uh, it, it, it's over there. It's underway. Round one is completed, and we'll get you the up to date scores here in a second. Uh, we're gonna talk about some trade ideas for baseball. Uh, we, I guess, are still waiting for. Uh, Perhaps a mystery caller. Yeah, absolutely. you know, if we can absolutely. get them on the horn, yeah. um, perhaps. Open. I mean, we'll we'll fit them in there. Um, we got a couple fun things to you do, for you to do if you want to be part of the show. It's four four eight zero nine thirty is the call in line. We do have a Twitter poll going on uh, on Twitter. If you're familiar, there's this thing called social media, Brad. Oh. And uh, we have a Twitter poll. It's brought to you by Skyline Windows and Doors. Very nice. And we're talking about Jaguars all 25. We know Baselli's going to be number one. You know, he's the only one in contention for the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Agreed. And we want to know who's going to number two. You know how many – we've been doing this for an hour now. This is is our second hour, right, together. goes by fast. It does. It's fast. And – you know, just guess how many. Now we do have votes this time. We talked about it. Talked about this about an hour ago. Twitter okay. poll brought to you by Skyline Windows and Doors. How many votes, or you know, do you think we have so far? Well, there was a song back in the day uh, that was, uh, I believe, it was on Schoolhouse Rock. It was called Three is a Magic Number." So I'm going to say three. Is that your final answer? Final answer three. Yes, that's correct. Well, we have one. Oh. Okay. Oh, we have one, punch. 
and they voted for Fred Taylor. Now, I remember almost you know, a little under an hour ago, somebody talking up Fred Taylor. Oh, that, that, yeah, that was me. That was okay, me. talking him up. Right after that you said, you know, to the fact that you are a University of Florida graduate. Hey, there's there's some other ones out there. I, there I, I promise, I'm a promise, Kev. I did not vote. I'm just finding vote. it very, very convenient. Okay, very you know, well. That, very that well. we have one vote. I was complaining about not having votes. I understand <laughs> people are in their car. Don't use your phone um, while you're while you're driving. Please stay safe out there. However, yes. pull over. You know, and uh, especially if if you're on Town Center Boulevard, or how about this? If you're sitting in between Kingsley and 295 on Blanding, ah, man, you need to pull over and vote in the Twitter poll right now. But we got some fun stuff uh, to go with. You want to tell you a little story here? I want to give a. a, I love stories. Yeah, and I'm gonna give. I'm gonna get my shout outs out of the way. Right on. You know, dream day doesn't come every day. Right on. Right. It's true. And I want to give my shout outs to uh, my wife, um, Stacy, and my uh, son and daughter, Hannah and Zachary. Stacy is from Pittsburgh. Okay. 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 And she's very, she's very Pittsburgh. Okay. And when I say very Pittsburgh, she knew Mr. Rogers. Oh. Like Fred Rogers. Wow. And she met and like went to church with Arnold. Arnold Palmer. Oh, you know that okay. kind of that kind of stuff. Wow, and wow. which it's funny every time we go out to eat, she gets an Arnold Palmer. You know, and, why not? And, they're they're delicious. You know, they they are. They are. My kids, my kids love them. I can't. I I I'd rather have a soda. Mm. You know. Anyhow, potato potato. Anyhow, I'd never really been this close to somebody that was from Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, and, and since then I've met like fifty people that are from Pittsburgh, sure, yeah. right? Well, and they all they all uh, um, eat this sandwich from Pimenti Brothers. I think she's gonna, you know, oh. she's going to correct me when I get home. And, okay, and, and uh, but I think it's from down. Pimenti Brothers. Okay, um, you know, and 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 pierogies. I guess I think there's from there. Anyhow, pierogi. Sorry, pierogi. I'm writing. That. Is that a soft J or a G? What is <sighs> it that? Might be pierogi. Perohi. I don't oh, know. Okay, thank you. I, thank it you. might be. Thanks. It might be. But what I found out about sports fans, and, and she's a avid sports fan, like I have in my home, and, and I'm Jaguar through and through when it comes to the NFL. Okay. But I, I we have in my home multiple terrible terrible towels. We have we Ugh. have a, a throw that's you know a um, it's big and yellow. Ugh. You know, and and when. Clashes with everything, right? It, it does. Yeah, Sorry. it does. Go ahead. But Go ahead. Uh, we we have we have all that, and she's very proud. She's got the jerseys. Um, you know, she's she's very proud to be a Pittsburgh Steelers most fan. Most of them are sure. And most of them, when you start talking about your team, out of their mouth comes, "Well, we have six rings." Mm. Okay, so. It's hard to argue with that. It is. It's hard unless you're a Patriots fan. Sure. Or Tom Brady. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's it's hard to argue with that. However, I have come up with the greatest comeback ever. Okay. You know, and I'm very proud of being Jackson from Jacksonville. Born Duval. and raised. Duval. Born and raised. And in 2007, the Jaguars went to Pittsburgh twice in that season, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. 
correct me if I'm wrong, won them both. That is correct, sir. Right? Correct. Final answer. 2017, we went there twice, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs, and we won them both. That is correct. What other team has done that once, what the Jaguars have done twice? Against Pittsburgh? Right. Very difficult place to go in and win, by the way. Sure, sure. As Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) True. So, uh... So once in the regular season and once in the playoffs going into Pittsburgh. No other team has ever done that. Not twice. Okay. Yeah, no other Good. team has done it. You, you can probably hear the hamster wheel going in my No, brain, I got you. But, uh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Thanks, thanks for letting me off the hook. I appreciate However, it. However, what I found out about Pittsburgh fans is that, um, one, especially ones that have, there, there are Pittsburgh fans every here, everywhere. We went to a Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh game here last year, and, I mean, Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Right. You know, I mean, it's like Yankees fans. Oh, yeah. You know, they're everywhere. And what what I did find out about this, and this is, you know, it's things like this is why I married this woman. Okay. Is that she could have sat when, when the Jaguars won the playoff game two years ago, um, year before last. She sat, She could have sat in there and moaned and moaned and moaned about, oh, woe is me. But she went in, and she lives in Jacksonville now. Okay. She went in, she put a Jacksonville shirt on, and she went down and and cuz that's that's her second team. Okay. You know, are the are the Jaguars. Good. You know, and if they're not playing Pittsburgh, she's rooting for the Jaguars, you know. And um and to tell you the truth, throughout our relationship, kind of the same deal. You know, if the Jaguars aren't playing the Steelers, uh, you know, it's tough. Really? Yeah, it's tough. That is rough. You know, but uh but it, it's it's tough. So some, that's uh, some things don't work both ways, especially when it comes to the terrible. Talent. Our college relationship doesn't work Ugh. both ways Ugh. because as a Gator fan, yep. there is absolutely no way that you will ever, ever get me to root for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Understood. There is Understood. no way. The best thing out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is a barbecue joint called Dreamland. Ooh, you know, very nice. And that's that's the best thing. I do love the ribs. I love yeah, them. Out, out of out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, okay. and that's just. I just thought that was kind of a cool thing of of kind of how Jaguar fans and fans around the NFL. Um, you know, we're going to get to Heinz Field. Yeah, you know, we're going to get to Heinz Field. I'm quite certain it's not like going to Philly. Right. You know, where if I were, I don't know if I'd wear a Jaguar jersey into Philly. Would you? Um. No. Okay. No, I would not. <laughs> no. So I don't think we would. Uh, Got to be careful up there. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I was just corrected. It's pre-Manti. Pre-Manti. Okay. I guess I was just I was just corrected on the on on not the Permanti brothers, uh, but pre-Manti gotcha. brothers. Very good. You mm-hmm. know, and and uh, and I, I understand it's a good sandwich. It looks like it has everything but the kitchen sink on. All right. Yeah, but I I understand. Uh, British Open's going on. You know, not to segue from Pittsburgh to Northern Ireland. Well, isn't here. the weather about the same? You know, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not good. But um, British Open's going on. JB Holmes, your leader. Yeah, at least we got an American lead. Yeah, you know, uh, kind of run down here. Uh, Shane Lowry, uh, f- uh, JB Holmes is at five under. Um, Shane Lowry's four under. Alex Norton, um, three under. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back. Um, 
we'll get into the British Open here a little bit and, and get into a couple other stuff on the way, and we're still maybe waiting for a uh, – or anybody can call. Mystery caller. Oh, yeah, if you call. want to be part of the program, 448-0930. I'm Kev Pound, and you are listening to Dream Day right here on 97.3 The Game and 9.30 uh, a.m. Jacksonville's Sports Leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Kev Pound, here on 97.3 The Game and a.m. 9.30 Jacksonville's Sports Leader. Welcome back, Jacksonville. Kevin Brad here with you until six o'clock. Yes. You know, it's uh it's it's cozy in here. Hope everybody's staying hydrated out there on this hot, hot day. When does it get cooler? Does it get cooler here? Maybe you know, maybe the, a couple, three weeks. The old joke was was Jacksonville has two seasons, summer and February. Yeah. You know, that's, that's uh that is pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate here. And you know what? The, the, the Braves were playing the Padres um, last weekend, and they said it was 74 there, and that was the high that day. Wow. In San Diego. Wow. I looked at my wife, and I said, we need to move to San Diego. Wow. You know. I got it. Uh, well, my wife and I, uh, 10 years ago, we went on uh, our honeymoon to San Francisco in September. Right. You want to talk about cold. Yeah. We went to a night game. In September, I mean, cold. It had to have been – it was probably low 50s, but a solid wind. I want to say, like, Mark Twain said something like the coldest winter he ever had was a fall in San Francisco or something like that. Right. It's no joke. It's no joke. Beautiful ballpark. Beautiful ballpark. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, before the break, we were talking uh, a little bit about the British Open. I don't want to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on this. Um, for people who are wondering – uh, Brooks Kepka is three under, and uh, Tiger Woods is nowhere to be found um, on here. I believe I believe he's seven over. Um, the story of the day from Royal Portrush is uh, two things, and I'll get to Tiger here in a second. But David Duvall, you know Jacksonville Ooh, guy, yes. um, shot a ninety-one. I can do that. Yeah, you know that's pretty good for me a ninety-one, right. but. Uh, but you've played golf with me. 91's really good for me. It is. It you is. Know, you know, but uh, apparently he got a 13 on hole number eight. And the way that it went is he was two under after two, actually. Ooh. And um, he was 11 over after eight. Wait, so you're telling me that, that like, they don't pick up after they do, like, a double par? That, that's not that's not a rule? No. If, oh. you, if you have, like, uh, like uh, you're talking about Gainesville rules? All right. Any rule, any <laughs> yeah. Rule. yeah. Mean, so if I have you get a six par, on a par I'm three. I'm out. You get six on a par three. You just pick up. Uh, and I'll take absolutely. a six. Yeah, I'll drink my beer in the cart. You I think they count. I think they count them all. Oh, okay. You know, I think they do that at least in the four majors. Okay, I'm pretty sure that they count them all. Good, good. Um, and he swung the club 91 times. You know, and uh, I know how it feels. Yeah, it's a, you're tired after a day like that. Yeah, you know, and uh, and to put that into perspective. J.B. Holmes swung it at least 30 times less than him. Wow. You know, so you can't win it on the first day, but you could certainly lose you it. You can certainly lose it. Tiger didn't have a good day, shot a 78, and uh, which isn't a 91, but it's it's not good for Tiger's uh, standards at least. But now he's saying that he, did, he didn't try to mask his physical issues that plagued him during the first round um, at Royal Portrush. 
Um, he didn't give a really good assessment of the situation that's appearing to be more the norm these days than any time since he returned to competitive golf last year. Let me bring this up for those of you living under a rock. Tiger won the Masters. I don't think he's done, but he might be done in this tournament. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just the fact that he uh, brought that up, I mean, I'm actually surprised he uh, stayed on the course if he was uh, doing that. He did used to have a mo of if he didn't play good in the first round that he'd withdraw from the tournament yeah it happened uh, right here in the tpc although i think that may have been the second round but uh but yeah he's he's definitely has a uh, a history of uh if things aren't going his way he's he's uh headed well, out of there right but i want to point out we're not trying to you know we're not down in tiger and oh, we, we know of his yep. medical history absolutely. sure and we know of his personal um personal battles sure. you know as well and, he, and he's had he has had um, quite a few surgeries. So, you know, we're not saying it's not legit. We're right. just saying it's con- convenient. Sure. You know, sure. That, that when he plays bad, and he might have been speaking out of frustration as well. I know when you have a bad golf round, the last thing you want to do is talk to reporters. I, yeah, I agree. You know, so. Although I've never had that pleasure. Right, right. So um, he gets frustrated a lot. And a lot of athletes are like that. But I think. As fans, we're really like that, you know, and I have and I was talking and I know we've we've talked about it, but I have five things and I'd ask you to to come up with five things that really haunt you in sports like 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 you can't let it go. Understood. You can't let it go. And and it's eats at you you can't watch it you can't relive it you know it's 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 very difficult to 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 look at at the at the tv and uh when they when they bring that out i'll give you i'll give you an example sure i was watching a replay of the patriots jaguars 2007 game okay um and uh, remember that was when Gerard we played well we scored a lot you know pretty uh, scored a lot of points right after that that Pittsburgh victory mm-hmm. um, and that pass over the middle and Dennis Northcutt drops that ball on the one yard line it was uh, like the half yard line right. it was a touchdown right and he dropped it Gerard hit him in the numbers you know I I I, I can't I, I just have a trouble letting it go and one I mean do you have a one that uh, that you have trouble letting go? Uh, sure. I mean, w- when you posed this uh, question to me, I thought, hey, man, if I was a Tennessee Volunteer fan, I would have two right off the top of my head that uh, recently happened at uh, Florida Field. But I'm not. So probably the one that uh, sticks out the most for me is January 23rd of 2000. And that was when the Jacksonville Jaguars lost their third game to the Tennessee Titans. In the same in season. The, in the same season. In the AFC's championship game. I still, uh, one of my good buddies. Um, how, ma- how many how many games did we lose that season? We lost three. How many teams beat us? Just one. Mm. Three times. Mm. I mean, I, And so you ask it, me why I hate the Titans. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, like I said, uh, just, you know, that, that burn, burns a hole in my heart, probably burns a hole in a lot of people's heart around here. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's number one for me. Hard, hard to let go of that one. You know I'm a big Braves fan. Sure. And uh, and what really really irritates me is bad calls in baseball. I, I'm a believer that the Major League Baseball umpires are the worst referees in all of sports. Well, lucky for you, the robots are coming. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But I, I believe the umpires are horrible. Sure. I, I, I just think they're they're really bad. But in um, 2012, it was, uh, it was the Braves and the Cardinals at Turner Field. Right. And um, I don't know if you remember the phantom infield fly rule. The ball goes up, and, and I was watching it on TV. So the ball goes up, and the way the camera is positioned, you can't even see the infield. But the infield fly rule was all you saw was outfield, mm-hmm. and the ball. They have some miscommunication between the third baseman or the shortstop and um, and the left fielder. Ball drops. Right. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a huge blunder on a, on a big stage like that. I mean, uh, I, I'm not the Braves fan like you are. So Freddie Gonzalez, as inept of a manager that he was, puts the game under protest, which he he should have put the game under protest. But the Cardinals win six to three, right? And um, and they go on real real quick just to finish out uh, my list, and I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Ricks, two thousand three, shot to PK Sam, yes. swindle in the swamp, all the bad calls, you know, all that uh, good stuff. That's one I won't let go. But but this one probably here's another Braves. There's a couple Braves ones that I, sure. I just can't let go for those of you um, that know I am a large Atlanta Braves fan. We'll get to what I can't let go on the other side of this break. I'm Kev Pound, and you are listening to Dream Day right here on 97.3, the game and AM 930, Jacksonville Sports Leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Keb Pound, here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville's sports leader. All right, Jacksonville, we're back. Thanks for sticking around with us. Um, we were uh, talking about the five things that uh, that haunt us that, that we just can't get over in sports. Everybody has them. I left off on number three. We were talking about Chris Ricks, the PK Sam, right uh, down there in the in the swindle in the swamp. Um, that's my, on, that's on my list too, by the way. Is so, it? So yeah, you can. Yeah, we, we'll I think for every Gator fan, it should probably be on there. It should be. Uh, Ninety-one so World Series game two. I kind of have a problem with not the I mean the, the Twins won the game and I, I have a problem with that too and in that series if you remember you know if you remember that uh, that series the home team won every game right but Kent Herbeck tackled Ron Gann on first base man in game two and uh, I, I I mean I can hear my dad from here you know and uh, screaming about about that and because uh, that was our the worst of first season right you right. know and, uh, Absolutely, it's baseball, not football, as uh, George Carlin would say. You know, they're they're wearing stockings, not not helmets. Sure, it's baseball. Sure, I can't even watch it. The uh, the this list, I can't even watch them. Um, also, but in number one, and um, and uh, we we have a caller, Brian. We're gonna get to you in just a second, but uh, but number one is pretty popular take in this town. Yeah, you know, it's pretty popular take. I never knew. People used to tell me, you know, hey, man, I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. And I was like, how can you be a football fan and not watch the Super Bowl? Well, right. a year, the year before last taught me how I could not watch the Super Bowl, you know, and it, kind of a tie. The third and 18 didn't help things. Right. And the illustrious or the infamous Miles Jack was not down. Understood. Yeah, I, that, I, uh, 
I, I can't even watch the replays of the game because I know what's coming. Right. You know, I, I know what I know what happens. I I, I just have a pride in the the Super Bowl had no color to me. You know that year. You know, and and no, if I knew then what I know now, you know, I would have watched it for Nick Foles. Right. <laughs> And uh, I mean, yeah, that game that game was tough. Uh, I, during that time, I had uh, my podcast going on, and I, I guaranteed my supporters that I was going to burn a couch. And I was ten minutes away from burning that couch in the front yard. Uh, I'm not sure how I was going to put that put out the couch, but I wasn't worried about that at the time. So, unfortunately, that couch lived to see another day. But uh, yes, the Miles Jack wasn't down. It was definitely a tough one. You want to take a caller? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. Um, I would like to welcome Brian on the air. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well. Hey, Keb. What's hey, Brad. Uh, first long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, doing great. You guys are rocking it out. I appreciate it. Hey, I wanted to wanted to ask you, uh, the old ball coach, the great Stephen Orr Spurrier, joined SEC Media Days this week. Yeah. And I asked him uh, who's his front runner for uh, Heisman Trophy in 2019 off the cuff. He, he agreed with a, a mutual friend of ours, Adam Shimmer, that it's going to be Felipe <laughs> Franks. And uh, so I thought I would get your take, both of you. Who do you believe 2019 uh, front runners are going to be? Who's going to hold that trophy up at the end of the season? That's a that's an intriguing question. I think uh, uh, we'll start off with uh, I think uh, the uh, old ball coach and, and your buddy Adam Shimmer uh, both have their orange and blue glasses on. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, I can kind of see his his take, sort of. Uh, I mean, just the the progression from last year, uh, really towards the end of the season. Because I mean, let's face it, the guy the guy was benched. Uh, I took my family. I was so excited. I took my family to the Missouri game, and we all know what happened in that game. Uh, just an absolute stink fest. Uh, he got benched. Uh, they were calling for his head. Sorry, not necessarily his head. They're calling for him to uh, be benched. Um, you know, we want Trask, bring in Emory Jones, let's see what he can do. Uh, but, you know, as the cards uh, unfolded, he got to start the next week, and he, and he progressively got got better. And what I what I like about him, I'm sorry I'm kind of going on a rant here, Kevin, is no, I, like, I, like his, I do like his attitude. I like his moxie. I, I, I think that it, that it uh, translates to, to the team. Uh, Gives him a little bit of swagger. I mean, everything with uh, last year with him shushing the crowd, I did not have a problem with that at all. I mean, I, I thought, I thought it just really kind of showed. Um, I mean, it, it kind of showed a little bit of cockiness, but also showed you know his team that that he's their leader and he he was able to put them on their back against um, against South Carolina and of course uh, going to Tallahassee and uh, take care of business. What what, what do you think? I, I think if you're talking about the Missouri game, I think Gator fans could be so fickle. You know, and uh, and Brian, we gotta let you go. We want well, thank you for the call, man. Uh, but I think Gator fans can be uh, very fickle, sure, and they can be very um, what did, what did uh, what did Piron call him the other day? Bipolar, bipolar. You know, and they could be. So I didn't have a problem with Frank shushing the crowd. Right. You know, either I w- I was just like I was almost like you know, hey. Uh, you know, Mr. Franks just put his big boy pants on, yeah, because that's a, that's an intimidating place, you know, to to tell the crowd to shut up, yeah, you know, At but home. but yeah. you, they, they can't have it both ways. They're going to cheer you when you do good. But I mean, he he was he was ceremoniously benched for uh, for trash, yeah. So I mean, 
Yeah, good for him to get it to get it back. And and as a Gator fan, do you feel comfortable with anybody else running the offense right now? No, not, you know, not not as not not as right now. Uh, I, I think. Uh, I mean, to go really answer his question with a, with the Heisman. I mean, I, I think there's way too many other talented uh, quarterbacks um, and, and and running backs out there. But I mean, history shows that Mullen does develop quarterbacks. The even the the next year, the the quarterback takes a huge step. I mean, look at uh, look at Dak Prescott. Uh, of course, Tebow, even even Fitzgerald in Miss uh, Mississippi State, he actually regressed last year because we had Mullen. So. Is he and don't forget, don't forget, Mullen also coached Alex Smith. That is true at Utah. It's true when he was there with Urban. That's true, and uh, he's got the hardware as well. So and I Cam mean, Newton. Is, is it? Yeah, I mean, is is it that far fetched? No, but but honestly, I mean, I I don't I don't really see anything. I don't I don't see the trophy coming to coming to Frank's at all. I you know. It brings up another good question: Who do you, who who could, who could win it? You know, yeah, I think it, is it a two guy race like everybody thinks it is between Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Tua? Not if uh, not if Georgia can run the table like everybody thinks they can every single year. You, know, you got if that if that's the case, then Fromm has has to be in the has to be in the. Let's talk race. about Georgia for a second, sure. okay? Sure. Let's talk about Georgia in all of sports. Right, all of sports. There, every team has one team that has their number, like the Jaguars. The Titans got our number right, right now, right? right? Uh, there, there's just one team that's got their number. Alabama has Georgia's number. Georgia had them beat two years in a row. Exactly. And uh, just, and couldn't close it out. Yes, yeah, stubbed their toe, uh, bad coaching calls. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were. They I mean, get out coached by the, by, by, by the man. Sure. Yeah, they get out coached by Nick Saban. And, uh, I, I mean, Alabama's got their number. Right. So for them to think that they got to run the table because who's going to beat Alabama in the West? Nobody off the top of my head. Texas A&M? Uh, not yet. LSU and the Cookie not, Monster? Not Possibly. Um, I'd have to take a look and see where that game is. I know it's going to be uh, nestled in the middle of the season, October. It's going to be another uh, must-watch game, I think. Uh, but uh, A&M, not yet. Um, but but I, I, I think they could be coming. Uh, keep keep an eye out for them in the next couple of years. Okay, um, I want to get back to this college football here, but I wanted to hear uh, the rest of the things that haunted you really quick. Oh yeah, sure. I can yeah. I can uh, rattle those off real quick. So, um, and uh, not in order, but uh, this this is uh, something recent that happened uh, that is uh, probably going to stay with me for a, a while. And that's uh, last year Thursday night, Derek Derek Henry stiff arming and going ninety nine yards on the Jaguars. Uh, just wasn't a good look. Just a uh, very brutal. Uh, the whole nation saw it if they were watching that game, because uh, we did talk about uh, the uh, popularity or unpopularity of a Titans Jaguars game. But I think uh, there yeah, are, that was, it was number was one rough. in at least two markets. Yep, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I already mentioned uh, about the Ricks TD. Uh, something uh, a lot of people don't know about me. So growing up here in Jacksonville, before we had the team, uh, the Dolphins were on every single. Every single Sunday at one o'clock, I became a huge Dan Marino fan. So it was kind of a catch twenty-two. Uh, the game that uh, the Jaguars retired him, sixty-two to seven. So that was uh, that was pretty gut wrenching for me because I grew up uh, loving loving Dan Dan the Man and uh, and Isotoner. So uh, pr- probably uh, number one is going to be the Choke a Doke. 
uh, back in 94. 94. So I was a student at a UF. We were watching the game, and it, it was a blowout. They were blowing them out, and at halftime we were like, ah, yeah, you know, let's go do something else. So we actually went to a bowling alley. I thought it was called Alligator Alley, but I could be wrong. But uh, so we went to a bowling alley. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I remember that bowling alley. I bowled, I bowled a two eleven there. Oh, very nice. And um, and and I forget the name of it too. You know, and if if anybody I can drive there, if uh, anybody knows the name of it, we got to take a break here real quick. Anybody knows the name of that uh, of the uh, Gainesville um, famous bowling alley? Famous bowling alley back in the nineties. Give us a call four four eight zero nine thirty. We got to take a break. I'm Kev Pound. You are listening to Dream Day right here on ninety seven three. The game and AM nine thirty. Jacksonville's sports leader. Dream Day continues with your host, Keb Pound, here on 97.3 The Game and AM 930, Jacksonville's sports leader. Welcome back, Jacksonville. You know, Brad, there's one thing I can't say about today, uh, Dream Day, is that the the music has been on point. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It really has. If I could dance, you know, I would. You know, been on point. I don't know if I've said it yet, but we got a Twitter poll. Oh, brought to you by Skyline Windows and Doors. Very nice. You know, for all your door and window needs, call Skyline. Um, We do have a a Twitter poll. And um, so at last check, we had uh, three votes. Okay. Yeah, for the Twitter poll. And they're all. It's the magic number. For Fred Taylor. Freddie T. Those of you just tuning in, uh, we had a Twitter poll out uh, at my. Twitter handle Keb Lives, K-E-B-L-I-V-E-S. Um, in the Jaguars All-25 team, Tony Baselli, um, we all know he's going to be number one, but who is number two? You know, and the choices are Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, and Jackson DeVille. Jackson DeVille hasn't gotten any votes yet. Does he have any official catches or... Anything like that? I, I know. After it goes through the uprights, okay. he's got a few. Very nice. Very you know, nice. He's got okay. a few. You know, I tell you this, and we'll get back to college football in a second. You want to talk college football? It's four four eight zero nine thirty. We're taking you up to six o'clock tonight, uh, which is nine minutes. So you get nine minutes you if go. you want to talk college football. But um, my favorite Jackson Deville moment is uh, the Texan fan that he smashed the cake, you know, uh, in, in her face. Absolutely. She kept jumping in the picture. And he, he smashed uh, the cake. And it, it, that might have been set up. I don't care. It's still funny. Yeah, that was good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, still funny. Yeah. We were talking um, Heisman. Brian called in and uh, got us got us on a college football kick. And sure. if you learn anything about Kevin Brad is don't get us on a college football kick. Because the next thing you know, it'll be 2 o'clock in the morning and people got to go home. So I went ahead and pulled up what everybody else is thinking we were talking about Georgia and Jake Fromm. Right. You know, and if they run the table, um, they very well may, you know. But running the table means two things. Okay. Okay. It means beating Alabama. And possibly co- twice. Possibly twice. Or, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, possibly twice. If if they, they'd have to beat him in the SEC championship game, but Alabama would be have to ranked probably number one, which if they're undefeated and they're – They'd be ranked number one. But has Alabama made the championship without winning the conference? They've won a national championship. I know. I know. I know. I know. You know, because that's fair. Right. You know. But, I mean, you can win a national championship in basketball without 
winning your conference. Sure. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've seen them do it. Yep. You know? Yep. But they would also, the second thing is they would also have to come into Jacksonville and play the Florida Gators. Right. And I know we're not allowed to call it this, or we're not supposed to call it this anymore, but the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Ooh. Indeed. Yeah, lots lots of memories uh, with the uh, Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida game here. Uh, typically the last, last Saturday in October. I think this year is actually going to be the first Saturday in November, but it's typically yeah, around of, Halloween. Yeah, lot, lots of lots of memories, and uh, it definitely brings out the the ghouls around that time. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I listened to the to the Talking Heads, and and I say that with with uh, with as much respect as as due. Sure, um, you know, there's talk about moving this game, doing a home and home, you know, one in Athens, one in Gainesville. Kind of like they did the uh, was it ninety four ninety five yeah, when they were renovating when they sure. were renovating right um, at then Jacksonville Municipal Stadium what would become Altel which is now what's it called now TIA Bank yes I feel it, it it's uh, I just got used to calling it Everbank right you know I was calling it Altel bank. for a while lock the bank up yeah but uh, um, when they were renovating that's so similar to that and the reasoning that was on here was it would help with recruiting. Why my question to you is because you clearly know more about this stuff than I do is why why can't they recruit here? I'm not. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, letting me talk in this. But uh, the truth is, I, I'm not exactly sure of the rules of recruiting. I'm, uh, you know, with the NCAA violations and everything. But from what I what I gather, it's when it's at a neutral spot. It's hard for a team that's hosting a certain player to have them involved where 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 it's different than having them come to the campus. But my argument is that a Florida Georgia game with with all this tradition that that's played of course every single year against bitter rival rivals isn't isn't that recruiting enough? Do I mean do you do you have to have uh Johnny Johnny come lately in on your sideline? To, to witness everything. I mean, sure, he can come to the game, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch for the recruiting because uh, we all know that recruiting is a 365-day uh, spiel now. Uh, so, but the Florida Georgia, Florida Georgia game is, is a recruiting tool in itself. Let Let me tell you how important this game is to this city. Okay, when I was a kid in elementary school. The Friday before the game was where your colors, right? You wore orange and blue, mm-hmm. or you wore red and black. You didn't do that for a Florida Florida State game. No, you didn't do that for Florida LSU. Right? Certainly didn't do it for Florida Tennessee. You know because no one really cared about Tennessee until Peyton Manning was there. Right? Maybe maybe when Heath Schuler was there. But um, but you, <laughs> but for the Florida Georgia game or Georgia Florida game, whatever you want to call it. You know, you, you 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 it was a city driven thing. Do you know how much money the city would lose if the Florida Georgia game weren't here? Uh not off the top of my head, but I can imagine. I mean, because it is a it is a week long Yeah. It's a week long event. I mean, people come with uh with their families. I mean, this is their vacation. They come in there, 
They're, uh, they go to RV City. They hang out with their friends and family uh, all, all week long. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine what the actual number is. Not having it here means no RV City. Right. No pep rally. Now, that was formally held at, at the landing, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm willing to bet Shad Connell might open Daly's place. I would think so. Have it there. Sure. Um, that, that means none of that. It means no camaraderie because for those outside the Jacksonville market that really think that the Florida-Georgia, the party of it, you know, the the time leading up to the game, yeah, there's some trash talking, but it's not nasty. Right. You know, yeah. everybody's there to have a good time. Sure. It's really not. I've never, now after the game, you know, a couple times when both teams have been highly ranked and it's been a close game, you know, yeah, you know, get, you know. Whoever loses is not happy. Yeah, sure. There's a little barking going back and forth. I, you know? I hear you. But for one side to be all orange and blue, one side to be all red and black. It's a you know, sight to, to see. To look at that, I actually, um, probably, I guess it was about 10 years ago now, I actually got I actually got the chance to sit on that line in the end zone. Wow. You know, uh-huh. and it, it was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty cool to, to sit and, and, and look at, at both both uh, sides of that. Absolutely. I have uh, many, many a childhood memories uh, parking at the old courthouse and walking with my family past the Maxwell house up to the stadium. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a tradition like, like no other. And on the recruiting side of it, look, both Florida and Georgia play LSU, you know, Tennessee right on the Florida side, you know, isn't that enough to recruit? Is that Florida state? I mean, is that not enough to recruit by? Yes, you, you you would certainly think so, and I mean I think that's that's probably another show all in itself. You know, yeah. I mean on the Georgia side, Georgia Tech, you know, people like that, South Carolina, right? You know, I mean their SEC schedule, um, they got to play everybody in the East, Missouri's, the Kentucky's, the Vandy's, absolutely. You know, and I mean, isn't that enough to to leave the Florida Georgia game alone? Yes, leave it alone. Yep. Well, we've had a great time, Brad. It's it's been fun. Absolutely, it's been a been a blast. Uh, once again, follow me, Brad Harvin, at the Rundown underscore BH, and I'm Kev Pound at Keb Lives K E B L I V E S on Twitter. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks to Brian for calling in, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for Seth Harp and everybody here at ninety seven three. Thank you everybody for this opportunity, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. All right. The opinions on this podcast may strike some listeners as vulgar, offensive, or worst of all, serious. Serious. Please adjust your expectations and interpretations accordingly. In other words, lighten the f*** up. For all other concerns, complaints, and court documents, please direct those towards the nearest brick wall. Thank you for listening.